Welcome back to another episode of A Spirited Debate. I'm Fad Thor, and for the next hour, I will be your host and moderator. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Big Mac, Hoss, and The Grinch, as we have a drink, or several, and debate another tasty topic for your listening pleasure. If you like what you hear, please smash that follow button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever the hell you get your podcasts. In fact, if you don't like what you hear, do yourself a favor and smash that follow button anyway. Because let's be honest, you may not be into this week's topic, but who knows what tomorrow brings. You might just wake up and realize you suddenly have good taste. And as always, feel free to drop us a line and let us know what topics you'd like us to debate. Now, as our sound guy cues up the music, grab yourself a delicious beverage, sit back, relax, and join us for another Spirited Debate. Because no, I no, can always spin that wasn't my point. Just <laughs> <laughs> So, quantum uh, physics. Look here, look here, uh, Brett Michaels. We're, in the, uh, we're just exploring my inner demons here. You wouldn't have been quite as polite when you left the internet. No. I mean, if need be, we can start a GoFundMe yeah. page for you. This is where we lack comparative knowledge, Max. Damn, dude, three hours later. Others actually want to watch some people play. Steve reference Rick and Morty. <laughs> I will do my editing, don't you worry. That's fantastic. <laughs> Welcome back, gentlemen. How's everybody doing today? Hey, doing really, doing really great. well. How, how are you, really sir? Good. It's another great I, day. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, thank you all for joining us. All right. So it's a special day. We actually have a guest on the show. For those uh, drinkers out there, bourbon, whiskey, whatever your poison is, we actually have the owner, operator of a local distillery in North Carolina, Paul Collins with Goat Whiskey, the greatest of all time. If you haven't had it, I suggest you go out and try it. I know we have a couple of people on the show that are actually having it today. I have not asked their thoughts, so we're going to let them talk a little bit about what they think and then definitely jump in with Paul and find out how he came to the decision to open a distillery, run a distillery, how he created his product and kind of where he's headed. So, Paul, thank you for joining us. How are you doing, sir? Doing good, man. I appreciate you being here and taking time out of your busy day to be a part of the show and really looking forward to what you have to talk about. So let's go ahead and jump into it. So let's go around the room. With us today, Paul, we have Haas, Mac, and the Grinch, and then myself, Fat Thor. We've known each other for 30 years. We've known each other since high school, some of us before high school. So we kind of came together. We put this podcast together because the two things we enjoy doing are hanging out and drinking. And so we thought, what a better way to do it then kind of killing time, letting the world hear what, what nonsense we have to talk about. So, Haas, I'm going to let you kick us off. I'm going to let the two goat drinkers go last. So, Haas, what are you drinking today? I am drinking a Godfather, uh, equal parts scotch whiskey, which I'm doing monkey shoulder okay. uh, tonight with uh, amaretto. Uh, my first time trying this particular beverage, um, I got to say, for having equal parts of booze and booze, it's, it's pretty smooth. I, I could sit and sip on this for for a while yeah there's nothing wrong with booze and booze nah it's pretty it's pretty tasty especially when you crank your app to four servings that's it (laughs) i did crank my app to four servings because that's how i roll yeah all right uh so i will go next i am drinking a highball which uh is basically just two ingredients it is rye whiskey so i'm using this the high west double rye uh that i got since unfortunately I can't get access to goat here in Florida. So I'm doing that and it's just paired with ginger ale. So that's what I am drinking. And uh, yeah, so very simple, two ingredients. Haas, just like you, unfortunately mine's not alcohol and alcohol, but that's okay. Grinch, I know you have tried the goat whiskey. What do you have, brother? I have, uh, yeah, I think this is called a goat of Vardier. 
<laughs> now you're gonna run that joke. I know, I know. Into the ground. No idea. Familiar with the joke. Yeah, that's Moss's okay. favorite drink is a Boulevardier. Uh, so every week we like oh, to remind so him gross. of his favorite drink. <laughs> no, I, I am drinking what I have dubbed the Goat Hatton. So uh, yeah, hadn't had a Manhattan in a long time. We haven't done one on this drink. Uh, my grandmother actually used to love Manhattans and uh, just kind of reminded me of it. So yeah, uh, and I know we're going to talk about uh, the whiskey in a little bit. I had, I had, you know, I tried it in a variety of fashions over the week. So uh, definitely have some some uh, feedback on on how I enjoyed it best, but uh, yeah, the goat hat. All right, and that's just the regular goat, right? Just the goat. Reaper. Yes, not the reaper. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, and Mac, why don't you round us out? Uh, you are also drinking the goat whiskey. What are you having? Yeah. So, um, in honor of our guest uh, Paul today, I was browsing his website and found the recipe for the goatarita. Um, you know, I I like my margaritas. Um, had never thought about trying it with a whiskey. But followed that, and it's basically two ounces of uh, the goat whiskey with six ounces of your favorite margarita mix, salt, lime, stir it up, and uh, it's very tasty. And go to town. And, yeah, pretty much go to town. I, I've really enjoyed it. I, As I talked about last night, I, I pre-gamed uh, with it last night as well, so uh, it could be my new favorite drink. There you go. But uh, I do have a uh, mention. I'll, I'll throw it out there. I, I haven't been bold enough to try it yet paul but i did get a bottle a small bottle of the goat whiskey reaper so as, as, as we go along here and we discuss the the whiskey i, I might get how brave that i might try that <laughs> yeah it might the it might i'm sorry paul go ahead dance with the reaper Oh, oh, see that you're not you're not making me not feel any better about trying well, this now. You, you haven't seen you haven't seen Mac dance. That's true. <laughs> that is true. That's true. Yeah, mine um, uh, mine did not come with the sample, which I assume is related to just the inventory and kind of timing of when you had your samples with it. Uh, I saw it with the sample probably about a, I mean maybe a month ago here, but a buddy of, of ours who we also went to high school with. He picked up a bottle this week, and uh, he did get a sample of the of the Reaper as well, but he had not tried it. Yeah, I think that speaks more to the legs that the samples grow um, upon occasion. They uh, all of the bottles in the uh, warehouse these days going out have got samples on them, so uh, we uh, we've seen legs grow on those things. They they tend to move. Good. <laughs> all right. I wish I could get a hold of it. Damn it. But that's okay, dude. Yeah. We've said this. I know. Eight hours. I can get you in the can car. Be here, okay. Uh, <laughs> Problem solved. You can get COVID, a whole case of. Yeah. But, but if you have enough alcohol, you're gonna kill we'll kill COVID. it, and especially with the Reaper. I can just bathe with the Reaper. Like it'll kill that's anything. it. You're good. I think uh, in the spirit of Doodle Sasser, the law prevents us from asking Paul what he's drinking right now. No, <laughs> <laughs> so it prevents me from making dumb decisions. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. What would Doodle Sasser Bravo. do? <laughs> okay, so thank you, Paul, for being here. Gentlemen, I say to you, cheers. cheers. And we, we pray for Post. a good show and, and hope that cheers. Paul doesn't cut out prematurely because he's like, what the hell did I get into? Right. Drive, drive safe <laughs> while listening to our nonsense. That's it. All right. Sounds like my kind of people. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, Paul, you know, we invited you here because, again, we all enjoy drinking. Actually, when we started this this podcast, Mac was actually the first person to mention goat whiskey because he lives within a half hour of your, your actual distillery in Charlotte, just south. Oh, shoot. And so he mentioned, he's like, hey, there's a local distillery. It's this goat whiskey. I'm looking to try it. He actually went out, bought a bottle, and on our very first episode – 
he tried the goat whiskey. I believe you had an old fashioned with it. I had the the goat fashion. Yeah, it was very good. And unfortunately, I live in Florida. Haas lives in Austria in Vienna. And so neither of us are able to get a hold of it. But I think from that point, we kind of started the trajectory. It was like, I would love to have, if the owner or whoever is amenable to being on the show, I'd love to get their take on what started their entire course towards creating this, this whiskey, why they did it. it. You know, was it a love of whiskey? Was it a family thing and you just took over? Whatever the case may be. But again, I do appreciate you being here. Want to kind of maximize your time and allow you to tell your story. So if you would, just for the listeners, who you are, what your background is, what the background, I mean, we're all kind of enthralled about who Doodle Sasser is because that's a fantastic name. And so just give us some backstory about, about Doodle Sasser, you, and how this whole thing got started for you. Well, we got started because I like getting into stuff and meddling around. And so I started making liquor when I uh, started watching Moonshiners. I was like, I can do that. So I bought a, allegedly bought a one gallon still that goes on a stove top, made some really nasty rock guts there, uh, made, got a, upgraded to a five gallon countertop still, um, allegedly again, because distilling one ounce or one drop without a federal permit is against the law. It violates federal law. This is hypothetically the plan you would have hypothetically, hypothetically, and hypothetically, it went from really, really nasty to getting better. Moved up to a 26 gallon still, and at that point, we got it to where people were actually. What your friends will do a lot of times is they'll they'll take a sip, and if it doesn't taste good, they'll say, "Oh, that's great," and they'll put it down with most of the shot still there. Right, never Um, touch it. When it got to a point, yeah, it's like you know what they say and what you watch them do is totally different. Once we started matching the actions with, oh, this is really good, and they're finishing a shot and asking for more, we figured out that we've got something we can work with. And at that point, my wife, who is the real boss, said, why don't we work on getting a license and doing it that way? And about this time, my dad and I were sitting on the couch watching Moonshiners, because that's what we do. And uh, he told me, well, you got a cousin who went to jail for that. And I was, I'm just running through cousins my age. And I'm thinking, you know, Chad, nope, Amanda, nope, Eli, nope, you know, just running through my list. And it's like, who are you talking about? You know, I'm out of cousins. I don't know who you're talking about. He said, your cousin Doodle. And I, I thought he was just messing with me. I was like, what do you mean cousin Doodle? He said, your grandpa's cousin. I was like, well, why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> and I don't, it's not my cousin. That's like a removed or whatever. He's like, no, it's <laughs> All right, yeah, there's, it feels like so, there should be some other adjectives in front of cousin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your grandpa's cousin makes it a Three lot Three times, more twice removed on the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, all right. So we got to talking about it. And apparently when my granddad and his cousin uh, got back from World War II, they both started out farming back in Southwest Georgia. And farming made about as much money then as it makes now. And uh, Doodle... He didn't have, my granddad was born a teetotaler, essentially. You didn't play cards in his house. You didn't drink beer in his house. You didn't drink whiskey in his, in his house, nothing. It was totally dry. And Doodle was the opposite. His dad was the chief of police in Cairo, Georgia. He had cover. He was making liquor. And when you sell corn by the gallon instead of by the bushel, you make a lot more money. And so it turned out pretty quick that his farm was more successful than my granddad's, which really made granddad jealous. But you couldn't talk bad about the family. You sure couldn't say anything about your cousin making liquor illegally. 
Well, it went on for years. He had a new barn, new tractors, new equipment, just farm was doing well. And uh, one day he got busted and grandpa couldn't contain himself, came home and my dad was about 10 years old and uh, came in, to, in, in the house and was like, your cousin's going to jail. And uh, got busted making liquor. He just couldn't <laughs> contain himself. And uh, so that stuck with my dad because that's the only time grandpa ever said anything bad about anybody in the family. And uh, so fast forward about 60 years, my dad sitting on the couch with me, you had a cousin went to jail for that. And so me being the button pusher I am, when we decided we were going to actually get a license, I was like, well, we know what we have to name the distillery. It's got to be Doodle Sasser. That's where Doodle's name came from. For a while there, we weren't telling people what his actual name was um, because we didn't have the paper trail to show, yeah, this is our cousin. This is what actually happened. And we're small. We don't have money to defend a lawsuit by people who are upset <laughs> you're using their family member to right. promote a distillery they don't agree with. Well, then my, my real uncle that I know and my dad and everybody went through uh, a lot of the genealogy and whatnot and found old pictures of Doodle, the article where he was published when he got busted, and the uh, federal court case where he tried to get out. <laughs> And that's what's up on the website now. Okay, I was about to say, I think you showcased that <laughs> yeah. on the website. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you can trace it. So. Yeah, now we can trace it so we can say, it's like, this is the guy. <laughs> so now, is, that, is that a term of art, selling corn by the bushel versus the gallon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, the, uh, <laughs> I'm the artist on that one. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. I was like, wait, I'm putting two and two together on what that means. <laughs> um, okay, so, I'm the slow guy. I just got that. Sorry. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> right. We've always known that about you, Mac. Don't that's it. fair enough. Um, now, was this a was this this a your recipe through trial and error during your recreational period, or did you at some point ever try to revert to what Doodle was doing? Or were you just like, that's, that's history, that's family history, you know, nobody was keeping track of that type of stuff. So you kind of yeah. embarked on your yeah, the, own thing. Yeah, um, the original recipe went away with, when Doodle went away. Um, nobody naturally on my side of the family with Grandpa coming down uh, was ever allowed to talk about the recipe, let alone actually keep it and pass it down. I know the other side of the family didn't keep it either. We assume it was pretty much just a straight corn mash, probably had a lot of sugar mixed into it, but that's about all we can get into. Okay. Um, now, one of the things we've done with ours is is a 100% pure grain mash. Uh, we don't thin the wash, uh, which does a couple of things, but the way the yeast works with table sugar is it leaves a lot more aftertaste and a lot more burn. And uh, so that's where you get a lot of that hardcore burn and that really harsh taste with a lot of whiskeys and a lot of, a lot of those sort of things, because they do mix in a lot of table sugar. And it's just a, a thing about the way the yeast works. Um, when it's breaking down sugars that come from pure grain, it leaves a much better taste. It's a much smoother finish to the whiskey. And uh, so you get a lower you know, yield on that batch, but you also get a much better quality on the flavor. Now, are you a whiskey drinker yourself? Were you a whiskey drinker? Not connoisseur level. Um, there are people who are infinitely better at this than I am. Um, I just know what I like, and I like it smooth, and I like it to where I don't feel, you know, harsh. And uh, I did like that smoky finish we got, so we've, we've, we've cultivated that and gotten better about 
you know, controlling how much smoke. Figuring that out was interesting. Yeah, that's one of the things I know, uh, Mac, when he tried it weeks ago, was there was a smoky there was a smoky finish to it. And that was one of the things right out of the gate that he said. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely, and, and I enjoyed it. Right. I mean, but you could, that, that's the first thing that you really taste out of it is kind of that smoky, smoky finish, which is really good. And again, I, I think it's very smooth when, you know, we, especially when you pair it with something like an old fashioned, it gives it really good flavor. Yeah. I felt yeah. like, uh, yeah, I, Thor, I started to say when you said smoky finish, I was like, ah, it's a smoky introduction. <laughs> it's a smoky <laughs> conversation. Followed it's just by smoke smoky across finish. the board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we were talking about this as well. I mean, in terms of like how you can go to kind of a highfalutin, you know, place and get like a smoke infused old fashioned. Yep. I feel like you get the same thing by just using, by just using the whiskey you have. Now, when you were when you were going through your process, though, and tinkering with the recipe, when when did the smoke flavor come in? Because I because I know you you're saying on the website it's like from the Carolina White Oaks. Was there kind of a tipping point of when you shifted into pulling that smoke flavor in? Uh, it really comes from how we char the white oak, and uh, it's it's truly the wood. Uh, we've had folks ask if we're using a liquid smoke, and it's absolutely not. It truly comes from the white oak. We uh, had to build a burn, essentially, rack where we'd light our white oak on fire, and then halfway through the burn, once it's fully involved, we dump those chips into filtered water and quench it before it burns all the way through. So if you think about it like this, it's about a, uh, a two to four inch piece of wood that is charred all the way around, and on the inside, it's uncharred. So it's like the inside out of a barrel. So that's once you quench it in that water and you just stop the burn right there, you've still got that smoke. If you ever go into, uh, like you've lit a fire at night and you walk over the, the next day, you can still smell that, that fire you just had going. That's essentially what you get with the uh, white oak once we quench it. And then since the white oak the next day after it's dried out goes into our whiskey, it, that's what gets infused into the whiskey itself. Okay. Now, was this... So that's how we get our smoke. <laughs> was that a process for you? Like, you, you mentioned the white oak. Were you trying different types of wood? Like, is that a process in, in and of itself? Like, yes, you distill... You're the, down your neighbor's trees. Right. <laughs> you distill the grain. You're making your actual, you know, from the mash, you distill your grains. Then you have a process of trying to find the right wood and the right burn, the right amount of burn. Like, that's got to be a process in and of itself just to make all of this come together at the end. Yeah, it's fun. We messed up a bunch. Um, one of the things that we're never going to do, and we'll go ahead and put the hen out there if anybody ever's thinking about doing it, don't, is hickory. I love it when you smoke hickory and do a barbecue and you, you put some, uh, you know, put a steak over a nice grill with hickory chips in it. I think it tastes amazing. And so my thought was, heck, let's use hickory. Let's try that. Everybody uses white oak. That's the most bitter tasting liquor you'll ever get. It's absolutely horrible. We tried it twice because I liked the idea, and uh, we ruined two batches of, uh, of liquor testing that out. Um, maple does pretty good. We do a hard maple. The big guys in Tennessee call it sweet maple, but it's, it's the same sort of thing. It's a hard maple. We've got a guy in Iron Station that sells us a lot of our, uh, our wood, and uh, it's a lumber mill out there, really good guy. But 
he's got every kind of wood, so we had the ability to try anything and everything. Settling on the uh, the white oak was was an easy decision once we got to the flavor. The hard maple, we may play with that later on, but uh, you know, it, it really wasn't part of the uh, the first cut. It, uh, we've been happy with the white oak. <laughs> there you go, Hosh. You want to jump in here? I, I I hate to leave you out. I was just going to say, your, your whiskey is only currently available in North Carolina, but uh, for those of us outside of North Carolina, what's, what's the game plan to, uh, to, 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 to broaden your horizons so the rest of us can get our grubby little hands on some of this tasty whiskey? Well, we are, uh, we're basically trying to win our own backyard at this point. We've got a, uh, not sure if you've dealt or tried the uh, Dixie Vodka, those folks. They're out of Charleston, South Carolina. One of their brand owners is a, uh, a friend of a friend that was really helpful. So helping us line up and figure out what we needed to do. So we are, we are actually in the process. We've just hired our first marketing manager to take things and run it. And we're going to be uh, pushing a lot more in the next year. And uh, so hopefully by this time next year, we'll be moving into South Carolina and then after that, hitting your Florida, Georgia, and, and building through the southeast, where we've got more of our more of our hands-on uh, sort of uh, ability there. Florida being one of the biggest. That uh, actually, if I understand it correctly, Florida is like the number four state in the whole country for alcohol consumption by volume. See, I, I yeah, I would have gone with meth down in Florida, but you know, oh wait, wait a minute, too. come on, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, I guess it a related it. question or follow-up to what Haas asked is, you know, as you were making the decision uh, on your distribution, uh, it sounds like the emphasis is build a solid base, then expand. Is ABC a factor in your decision in that regard? I mean, I know that's something, you know, Mac and I talk about a lot of just what we're trying to get our hands on and the fact that it's an ABC state versus a Georgia and Florida, which is supply, demand, independent ownership. Yeah, because it's weird. Every time you guys mention ABC, ABC Spirits in Florida is not the ABC you deal with in North Carolina. And I it's always an actual food. personal store, right? Right, I mean, it's, it's a, a store. Chain. Here, it's the yeah. government. Yeah. So, I, I'm yeah, sorry, Paul, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, no, you're right. It's the, uh, it is absolutely government-controlled here in North Carolina. And the good thing is, for us being small, is it's even in North Carolina. Now, there's a lot of things that are not nice to say about the way it's uh, taxed in North Carolina and the prices you ultimately end up paying in North Carolina. But what it does is the distribution costs exactly the same for me versus the big guys, you know, your Jacks, Jims, Georges, those guys. We all pay the exact same amount for distribution, and I'm available in all 430-some-odd stores throughout the state, you know. That doesn't happen like in South Carolina, which is what they call a tiered state. And I'd have to get a distributor in South Carolina. And because we're so small, we're local and you know, tiny, you end up paying a lot more, uh, typically over 30% to a distributor in South Carolina, where your Jacks and Jims and those guys can get down to about 7 to 8% sometimes. And uh, they cover the whole state. The guys are charging me 30 plus more or more. Those guys are, you know, they're running, you know, upstate. They might get, you know, down towards Myrtle Beach, or you may get one that covers a couple of areas. You may get all the way through Columbia. But typically it's difficult to find somebody who's 
truly covering the entire state uh, with a small distributor like that. Uh, Florida is similar, um, but once we get to a point where we've grown and we're doing four to 5,000 cases a year in North Carolina, then getting picked up by some of the bigger distributors in South Carolina and Florida and Georgia, uh, those kind of places will pick you up and you won't be dealing with a lot of those uh, distribution issues. Okay, so if you're selling in North Carolina, I'm assuming through ABC, are you also selling in North Carolina through restaurants? Can I walk into a restaurant and get goat whiskey? You can. Uh, the way it works in North Carolina, the restaurants have to buy from the ABC. Oh, they Every, can't buy from you. They, oh, yeah. Damn. Uh, it's like the mob, only it's yeah. <laughs> they, they, uh, they don't care where you buy it as long as it's from them. Right. And, uh, you know, so if you want to get it in a restaurant, the restaurant has to go and pay their mixed beverage tax, which is another tax on top of the price of the liquor. Um, they've got to pay uh, to get it, and then they charge tax on the drinks, as you know. Um, so it's North Carolina's got it, uh, yeah, got a pretty good system for North Carolina. So, um, so based on I and because again, we like to beat on on bad processes. So I couldn't even come into your distillery and purchase a bottle. Oh, uh, so yeah. you can do that. Okay. You can. Uh, actually, North Carolina has they got a lot better in the last year. Uh, the last legislative session. Uh, they got rid of the limit. So it used to be you were only allowed to buy one bottle per person per year from the distillery. Then they changed it to five bottles per person per year, and that was just great. Uh, now what they've done is they've said no limit. You can come in and buy two cases if you like from us directly. Um, and the way they got to where that didn't bother them was they've got an excise tax for us uh, that basically gets all the money they would get if you bought it from the liquor store from us. They get their share, so, like you said, the oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Mac, I They're think you, you need to go buy some some whiskey, and you need to ship it out for Christmas. I see a Christmas present in my future. Hey, let's make it Paul. happen. <laughs> and, and, Paul, it sounds and I like, know a guy who might... Sorry, go ahead. I have a box or two you could use. <laughs> some shipping packing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what, what I started to ask is it, it sounds like maybe there's some pros and cons when making a decision of where to start. And I know with kind of the regulations associated in North Carolina, would you say it's favorable or is it an inhibitor or it just is what it is? You got to work through it. The ABC system, it's, uh, it's actually been a really good kind of incubator. Giving us that equal footing across the state is unbelievably great for a small distillery. Um, they've also changed some of the other laws in the state regarding special orders and making it a lot easier to get into different boards and stores. So it's, it's been a, overall, it's been a good experience. There's plenty of stuff that, you know, if I had my, I could say, okay, let's change that or that or that. But North Carolina has actually been a pretty good spot. Hopefully we'll get a lot more distilleries starting up here soon. So now, so basically what you're saying is ABC has tight control of North Carolina, but it keeps all of the distilleries or distributors on the same playing field in terms of distribution. But then you start moving into other states and it does become unfair for you to compete against these larger distilleries. It gets a lot more difficult. Fair is where you go to get cotton candy. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and, like and, and maybe Fair this enough. is a maybe this is a good or bad analogy. I don't know which, but you know, we were kind of talking about the concept of net neutrality in that 
if you're a participant in the process, it's going to give you equal measure regardless of the size of your company. Now, if you're a super huge company, you're probably pretty frustrated by that. But if you're, you know, a startup for all intents and purposes, there's some pretty good benefits from that system for, like you said, just getting on the shelves and building up a base and then going from there. Exactly. And I know like uh, Grinch, you and I talked previously this week and you mentioned, uh, Paul, you doing this recreationally out of your house. I, I brew beer out of my home recreationally. And I know Grinch, you talked about where you live in North Carolina, a number of craft beer distilleries starting up some focus on distribution, some focus on kind of being rooted in the community and focusing just on the community and, and what those two kind of diametrically opposed situations created for those uh, breweries. Paul, for your distillery, it sounds like you're trying to focus just on your locale, North Carolina. And once that is kind of in place, you intend to move out, future speaking, move out from there. Is that correct? Absolutely. Really, the key is trying to figure out how to compete marketing-wise. You're trying to get those same dominant whiskey versus everyone does. That's, that can be kind of a trade card now. We're, uh, we're about to kick it into overdrive, and, and we'll see how that goes. Um, but if we can, we can get that to where we can neutralize the, the big, the big overhead money and, uh, and be a foundation for building into new markets. Um, you know, if you don't have that, then you're really just kind of out there. You can, you can burn through a lot of money marketing and get nowhere. And we've done that. <laughs> right. And you just don't want to be throwing money away, obviously as a small time distillery, the last thing you want to be doing is just throwing money away. Yeah. How long have you guys been in the marketplace with Goat Whiskey? Uh, yeah, we are. We're right at two years being open right now, oh. and uh, we got on the shelves uh, January of 2019. Okay, cool. And and how how many employees do you guys have? Uh, me, we have my wife, uh, the the true boss. We have boy child. We have girl child. And uh, we've got a couple of people who come in. We're starting our first full-time marketing manager uh, the end of nice. November on the 30th. So this will be our first So it's a true blue group. Yeah. It's a family, family. True blue family business. And I was going to ask, yeah. has COVID, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, has COVID uh, affected your business or impacted your business at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, our volume cut down to about half to a third. Uh, during COVID, so it's worth we're looking at this as kind of a restart and uh, trying to get that moving. Now, now I know a lot of distilleries um, because of COVID, you know, turned to making hand sanitizer using the, you know the alcohol to make hand sanitizer. Is that something you guys had done? Um, oh yeah, with some of that extra <laughs> to to help the community. Yep, we uh, in fact we're finally getting out of it. Um, okay, thankfully, I I really sanitizer is like a plague it's uh you know it, it's it's a uh, it could be worse but i'm just going to be glad to get out of it we gave away our last 89 gallons uh to oh, wow. the Ferris county schools and uh so my my kids principal in uh high school and their elementary school principal john legrand is up there now and uh, when we were just kind of running to the end of it, it was like, got in touch with us. You want it? He's like, how much? I was like, come pick it up. <laughs> just take it off my hands. <laughs> now, you mentioned John LeGrand. Um, where, where is he at now? He's up in Cabarrus County Schools. Okay. Uh, he, 
he was at Butler High when uh, my son was there and my daughter was there. Yep, he and was at Bain when my daughter was there, so I, I recognize yep. the name. Okay. Yep, he was he was the Bain principal when both of my kids were there. Mm-hmm. So, Small world. You must yeah. live real close to where I was. <laughs> uh, probably. I'm right off uh, 45 in Mitten Hill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, so, we were off Idlewild. <laughs> okay, yep. Yeah, it's funny because my wife was talking about a meme she saw. She goes, 2020, my hands have drunk more alcohol than I have. Right. In regards <laughs> yeah. to hand sanitizer. <laughs> These are the uh, the new goofy shirts we've got. I'm not sure if you can read it. It says, it may take a village to raise a kid, but it takes a distillery to homeschool one. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that amazing. Yeah, which reminds me of the meme. It's like, do we all realize kids that were homeschooled by day drinkers are going to be yeah. like Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, this, group, this group all has kids that are either in high school or have moved on. I got three, uh, one graduated from college. I got two in college. But, yeah, we all have kids that age, so we completely understand. Yeah. Can I ask Paul? Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, oh, you got it. What you got? I, I mean, I, I've seen a total of one, uh, as we're fond of saying, I've seen a total of one documentary, so I'm now a certified expert. There uh, you are. Uh, which was neat. I don't know if you've seen it. It's it's about it's bourbon focused, but um, I didn't realize the number of kind of laws and regulations associated with being con- you know being a bourbon. As you were working through um, your design of your whiskey, you know what kind of when did the designation of whiskey really weigh on you of how you had to do specific things, and then how does that affect? Oh sort of like you know your selection of your corn and your and your wood and so forth yeah the uh the big decision was pretty much made for us immediately uh between bourbon and whiskey because we didn't have two years to uh sit around and get it you know aged out properly before we'd be allowed to sell our first batch of you know bourbon so whiskey was the way to go uh, the nice thing is we use a mash that can be bourbon as well, as long as we get it into that newly charred white oak barrel for two years. So that's kind of a neat thing for the future. But yeah, the whiskey, it's its really interesting when you're dealing with the TTB. Those are the folks who do all of our licensing as a distillery. They also approve every label. They approve every formula. Um, everything you see on the shelf has to be approved by the TTB. It's really interesting. If you look at the back of our bottle on the original, it'll say down there it's aged no less than one week because greatness shouldn't take forever. And uh, the way that came about is I was really, there's really not another way to say it. I was feeling like a smart ass on a Friday afternoon. They had come back with another revision we had to make. They kept telling us you got to change this and change this and change this. And they said, you have to have an aging statement. And it just, made no sense because we're not claiming that we're aging it at all and uh so i was like all right fine so i threw that in there and uh then it came back that next week and it was, all right it's approved but well it's on the label now <laughs> and uh the book hadn't changed by the time we put our reaper in for approval of the label we're using the same exact base whiskey we're just adding that that finish with the carolina reaper pepper and when we put it through people in a different cubicle were reading that label and said, you can't have an aging statement on this. Literally the what? same rule book, same, the same two different. <laughs> that, that definitely cubicles. sounds like government at work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's like, what are you going to do? Argue with them? It's like, all right, fine, delete, you know, just move it on. And, uh, so, but it's, that's the way it works. 
I mean, we, we literally had to bring up the, uh, the cinnamon whiskey, the big one everybody knows about, as an example to say, you can't deny us calling it, you know, whiskey. You, you know, you've literally already approved this. You know, we're flavoring it with a different spice is all. It, uh, ours is just a more manly spice, and they're putting something that should be on toast in a bottle. <laughs> so, so yeah. And so you mentioned you mentioned the Reaper whiskey, um, and, and you may have just answered that question right there. What what was kind of the driving thought behind creating the Reaper whiskey? Put hair on uh, your fucking. Was, was, uh, yeah. Was it was it a was it a bet? Was it you know man up and drink something real? Uh, it was me being a smartass again. It, this is a common theme. And we understand that. We theme, had Paul. several people. We we had several people asking. Can you make a cinnamon whiskey? You make a spiced whiskey. You can make it spiced. And they were asking us to do another one of those. And it's, you know, not that I wouldn't do it if it would sell, but you've got one big one that did it right the first time and they've made multi, multi millions. And then you've got hundreds of also rands. And I'm just not ready to go be an also ran. It's like, come on, all right, sure. well, let's do it. What's, what's a real spice? I'll give you a spiced whiskey. And then we, we're like, well, it's Carolina Reaper. This is perfect. So we put it in now, there Paul, and, uh, <laughs> yep. How, uh, how, how much of the Reaper whiskey have you had? I've had more than I ever thought I would. <laughs> um, the first time we did a tasting to see if we were actually going to go through the process of getting it approved. And that was the first real shot of it I had. And we had these three guys come in. One guy, he's bigger than I am. Um, his brother and a skinny guy came in, and so they helped me filter it out and bottle it up for this first, you know, just dry run tasting. And I knew it was going to happen. I wanted to take a shot privately to kind of see how I was going to react. And uh, so this big guy, Alex, Alex is like, okay, man, let's do a shot. All right, let's do it. I'm just like, whatever, let's go. And so I take a shot, and sure enough, I just start pouring sweat. I'm dying and trying to hold it in and look cool because, you know, you, I, I'm the guy who made it. I got to gotta hold up. That's right. And uh, so he starts rubbing his, himself like, ah, and uh, his brother can't take it. And the other guy just starts hiccuping. And it's like, well, we got something. And uh, so that was the first time I ever took a shot, and I'm just I'm pouring down. I got to change my hat because I've now soaked it, and it just, I'm not good with spicy. I've gotten better, but uh, it still warms me up. It, uh, okay, a lot Mac. of folks, they can, <laughs> yeah. they can hang. <laughs> we all know what time that's it is, right. It's all that right. time. He mentioned it. You and need to and open we the knew bottle. that's where we were going. Uh, yeah, Matt, now it's time. Yeah, come on. Come on, Mac. Let's do it. excited I got. Come there on, Mac. Go. Let's try it. Let's. Here we go. He's going to do it live on the podcast. Here we go. Max. Max oh, trying to the, the whole thing. Goat whiskey. Oh, you just did. Yeah, the he's whole got a fifty thing. ml. <laughs> oh, he just did the whole thing. Oh my god. No, Dude, I thought you were just going to take a. Left. I thought you were going to take like a sip of it, man. I didn't think you were going to down the whole bottle. That's Holy smooth. shit. That's smooth. <laughs> <laughs> There's the sweat Paul oh, mentioned. So, oh, so his balls just dropped and hair is now on his chest and you're a man. Look I at that. Oh, maybe, maybe, hey, Mac, maybe, maybe don't, maybe don't throw some hair back on your head. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. I can guarantee it. Oh, <laughs> 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 Oh, so it didn't work. My bad. If you Switch rub it off. Coming off. 
The next one be sitting there butt naked. But I can't talk. It's too hot. Oh. <sighs> That's good, though. It really actually is very good. It is, that was totally it is worth spicy. it. <laughs> okay, it's, hold on. Uh, it'll warm you right up. <laughs> it's for those North oh, Carolina Mac. winters. Look at him. Water. Water. Thank you, Mac. You're a better man than I am. That's amazing. Uh, wow. That totally won't show up as being in a car right there with the navigation. That's perfect. Paul, Paul, that's pretty great that you just you came up with having a Carolina Weeper Risky just by being a smart ass. I love it. Absolutely. That is great stuff. Go for it. Yeah, go fill up. And I, and was, I have uh, a feeling it'll catch like on. The, the, yeah, uh, the Reaper, we use the equivalent of about the capsaicin from one Reaper pepper for 60 full bottles. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's insane. Hold on. Hold on, Mac. I yeah, got it. Yeah, I actually know quite a bit about capsaicin because my wife's allergic to it. So, um, Mac, I got to ask. Uh, that stuff's pretty potent and strong. What did you uh, – I mean, you're still drinking water. Maybe you should gargle with milk. I don't know, brother, but tell us what you think. First impression, wipe the tears. Oh, excuse me. Give me a second. <laughs> no, it's actually very good. It's, it, it is hot. There is no doubt about it. I mean, it's a Carolina Reaper, but it is very good. I think that would be a very good – whiskey and like say an old-fashioned out by the fireplace on a cold night it makes a really good carolina mary it's a bloody mary with bacon yeah. carolina uh, mary okay i haven't good. tried that yet really good oh. you don't even need tobacco that sounds sauce. amazing you use the reaper yeah you no, wouldn't even need to add the tobacco right. you use that yeah Paul, i'm getting all yeah. sorts of great stuff i got dixie vodka carolina mary I, I gotta say thank you paul there's nothing better than wa watching one of us get punished live on this show it's oh, totally see, that always worth punishment, it. though. It was actually it was good, but it is <laughs> it, looked, it is warm. It looked like you were getting punished, even if you liked it. I, it was totally worth it for me. After thirty-one years, it was totally worth it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't want to get too far off track. So we kind of understand where you came from, the Doodle Sasser story. Recreationally, you you did this in your yeah, kitchen. Uh, kind of built it out it from up. there. Uh, Haas, what you got? So Doodle Sasser, which I think would be a great name for any product or brand. I mean, especially whiskey. That's amazing. But how did you come up with goat? I mean, obviously, we all know it means greatest of all time. But how did you transition from Doodle Sasser to goat whiskey? Uh, you haven't had his whiskey. You don't realize. It's oh, the yeah. greatest of all time. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> right there yeah, in the name, I mean, dude. Our listeners, our listeners all 50 of them, or five of them, might want to know as well. Why are you doing that? Stop doing that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, please. Ignore it. It's that. all good. Yeah, no, we uh, we were trying to come up with names for a whiskey, and uh, they all sucked. Uh, my son came in, and we we're yeah, what's the name? He said, "Call it the goat, greatest of all time." It's like, well, that sounds good. Let's go with it. And uh, it's basically the only name we came up with that didn't suck, and we didn't even come up with it. It was my boy. <laughs> Kids, man, they have all Works. the answers. Damn it. Yeah. I know this doesn't uh, flow with the story you just told, but I'm laughing it back. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> let, me, let me dab my forehead. Uh, so we Paul did a test at a uh, bar one time. with uh, We were going out and buying shots for folks and getting them to try the Reaper. And these three guys at the bar, they were him and hawing. You could tell they weren't spicy kind of folks. And uh, there was this good-looking girl come up and she's like oh i'll try it instantly what those three idiots say oh give me yeah but uh, you 
you're not going to impress her. Oh, come on. It's, it's, that, that that's, Paul, that's it's the guy lifting 200 pounds in the gym. That's your play yeah. every bar from here on, though. That's it. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> she pounded it, and she's like, oh, I can taste the this and this and this. And she, she liked hot and spicy. They took it, and one guy started pounding his chest like that's going to help. Uh, the other guy starts slamming beer back, which is not good because Capsaicin's aquaphobic. Right. And then the other guy is just like doing this number, and it's like, you're not getting our number, y'all. This isn't going to work. That's not a good look. You know, you should have known better. Um, it's just, but I loved it because I got to watch it. They wouldn't sign off on letting us use the video, but, uh, you know. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Uh, now, male species is is susceptible to ego. Yeah, we're yes. stupid. We're yeah. stupid by yeah. just by default. <laughs> so, so Paul, is your intent to you know future? We we've talked about the past. We've talked about present, future. Is your intent to eventually hand this off to your your son or daughter or family at large, just to to pass this off, like to keep this going, or what are your plans long term for the distillery? It it really just depends. Um, on how well it goes. Uh, the boy child is still, you know, chasing an NFL dream. So, you know, we'll see when he graduates high school where that goes. Wait, uh, wait, wait, girl, wait, wait. He's chasing <laughs> an NFL dream. He plays football. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a – now, to be fair, he is really, really good. Um, he's he's a punter. And he got his first 50-yard punt when he was a freshman. Nice. Um, he is right now. He can drop a ball that'll hang almost five full seconds at about seventy-three yards. Is his max right now? Okay, University um, of Florida. So, I mean, will, a real punter. will eventually be looking for a punter. I'm sure. Yeah. So if you want to send you know him to Florida, for it, yeah, but don't don't send him down there. Though they have meth problems down there. Don't do that. <laughs> don't send him oh, to South no, Carolina. No, it's even worse. It's even worse. He's Florida's uh, not going to love me after this one. Uh, he's talking with Coach Baldus at Florida State. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I have to mute you. I can't, I I can't tell if it was if it was Florida State <laughs> or again, the Ripper Whiskey. Be careful. But I just have a meth problem. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it's like it's uh, sad. You need to tell him Florida State hasn't had a good coach since Jimbo Fisher. Look elsewhere. Uh, it, you know, I'm hoping he goes to NC State or uh, you know. That would be better. Yeah. Well, you know, Columbia, South Carolina is not that far from you. That, that'd be a good place for him. Yeah, except Columbia is looking for a new head coach at South Carolina. Yeah, they got Cole. Yeah. yeah. We've, got, uh, we've got one of the kids that he works out with uh, is the punter down there right now and uh, just got in this year. The uh, the coach he works with is – he uh, he's a coach out here in Charlotte – and 14 of the current NFL punters and kickers are his kids. Nice. I mean, this guy is the real deal. Wow, that's – yeah. So that's why, that's why he's got an NFL dream because he's met these players. It's like, you know, right. when he shows up to a session, there's Joey Sly or there's, you know, Cameron Yasnilek or, you know, it's, it, he works out with some pretty heavy-hitting guys. Yeah. And, and let's be honest. I mean, if you're, if you're going to chase an NFL dream – Punter or kicker is it's the way to do it because dream. you can play for yeah. a long time. That's right. We've got a uh, we've we've also got friends that it's like Matt. I've seen this guy kick a ninety-yard field goal without Holy any cow. sort of effort. All right, he didn't get picked up. That's how special that NFL dream is. Even when you are at that level, it's a it's still a shot. 
you know, yeah. it's, it's uh, and you just don't get a better guy or a better you know, group of people. But uh, I tell you, man, you got to be right place, right time with the right talent and the right work ethic. I mean, it's, it's beyond a miracle dream, you know, to get that one of 32 jobs it, uh, in the whole world. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll be honest with this group of people. Like if he doesn't make an NFL dream, when people go, Hey, what do you do? He go, I own a distillery. That's not oh, a bad, yeah. you know, that's not bad yeah. either to fall back on. It's yeah. like, I own no, a he's distillery. already used that with the girlfriend's parents. It's uh, I'm shifting gears a little bit here. What, what's the community like within the distilling community? Uh, it, I mean, do you find you can share a lot of lessons learned? There's, there's good camaraderie or is it everybody kind of eyeballing each other going, hmm, what it, are they up to? Yeah. It depends on who you meet. Um, the guys down, uh, at uh, Instill Distilling in Clayton. They are absolutely great guys. Eric Tansy down there was a Raleigh cop until they got the uh, rum going down there. They do a really good spiced rum. We're constantly hassling them and they're hassling us. It's great. We're not, I don't allow anybody to open anything from Clayton, North Carolina in my distillery. They have to go outside because he's threatened a glitter bomb. I've sent him a mullet wig when his wife made him cut his hair. Really good guys. They do a really good run. They're in downtown Clayton. You've got a lot of folks like that. There's another one down at the coast, and uh, I'm drawing a blank right now, but they're really good folks. Dr. Stoner's uh, Vodka. Um, it's a hemp-infused vodka. Uh, I believe he's out of Virginia. I've met him several times. He's a really good guy. And then some other ones are a little more standoffish. So I'm, I still like the idea that, you know, we could kind of get a group together and start really pushing a lot more distilleries in the area and turn it into kind of like a Noda sort of place. And if you're familiar with Noda in Charlotte, there's a lot of brew pubs in this one small spot. And essentially it's promoted in no small part as the place to go to the brew pubs. And you may not go to this one this weekend, but you'll go to it next weekend. You may pub crawl the rest of them. And, but you're always going to Noda. It's a really a place to go. So I think the whole group of them generate a lot more sales than any of them would ever generate on their own. That's what I'd like to see with the distilleries. And so, yeah, I mean, I think to kind of tag onto that question, Grinch, and maybe this is where you were going next, you know, you've seen the explosion of, you know, the, the breweries and everything, certainly in, you know, Charlotte and, you know, Asheville and all over the country it is, you know, kind of that that local distillery the next phase of that process do you think are, are we going to start seeing I, I know you've listed off instilled distilling um i think uh, dixie vodka was another one um obviously goat whiskey you know is that the next phase or of evolution for that, that we're going to see as a bunch of the local distilleries popping up now do you think i hope so it uh <laughs> we'll find out it uh it does take a lot to get a license i used to think why would anybody do this in the woods and risk going to prison and getting in trouble and all this? And after going through all the hoops and all the licensing and everything, I'm not saying I would do it illegally, but I do understand where they're coming from. You're like, and, now uh, I know why they did it. Yeah. Now I get it. It's, uh, you know, not that I'd make that decision, but I, I get it. It's, uh, it's a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff. So, let me ask you this. Why did you settle on whiskey as opposed to like a vodka, a gin, whatever the case may be? Why was it whiskey? Was it simply because Doodle had done that or 
Was that something you wanted to do? I like it better. Vodka is really not my thing. Uh, Red Label Aristocrat broke me of vodka when I was in college, and I haven't had any since. If it bounces like when that. you drop it on the floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody's got some stuff. I mean, it's like some people, it's like, oh, I can't touch brown liquor. And it's like, I get it. You know, it's <laughs> say no more. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> Completely understand. Um, so, of course, as, as, a, as a small time distillery, do you see yourself being able to compete with larger distilleries? Are you just trying to create an entirely or, or, or compete on a different level with, with major distilleries. Like, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to produce 500 million barrels a year, I assume. Yep. So <laughs> you have to find a way. I mean, again, when you're sitting around the kitchen table at night, you're going, we got to find another way to either hiring a marketing department or whatever the case may be is how do we compete with these distilleries for that, that little bit of business or, or whatever it is like, how do you do that? I mean, we've seen that boom of bourbon and whiskey in the last, you know, decade where it is super popular. And so how do you compete on the same level when you're looking at like a Buffalo Trace or a Heaven Hill? Uh, yep. uh, how do you do that? Well, that's what we've been trying to crack for the last couple <clears throat> of years. We think we've got a got an edge now. Um, it's the, uh, the in-store tastings in North Carolina are opened back up. We are, uh, I'm trying to think of a nice way to put it. Look at me. It's like I'm a sack of potatoes here. We hire people who will get the attention of your typical whiskey drinker a lot better than I will. And uh, they're going to be doing the in-store tastings. And when you're talking to one of our brand ambassadors, you're talking with them. So no matter how much advertising or airtime the big guys buy, you're not, that's not there. You're talking face-to-face -face with our brand ambassador. And so that's where we're going to focus our marketing effort into getting, you know, directly into the hands of the folks who are making that buying decision in the stores. So we're hoping that pays a lot better and that it'll, it'll work out. So it's a very, it's a high cost per contact, but it's a lot more effective we've seen in the past. So instead of buying $5,000 worth of airtime or, billboards for $1,400 a month, we can put in-store tastings there. And so you've got a taste of the product. You've actually get to meet somebody that'll talk to you a little bit about the product and put a bottle in their hands and uh, get it to go back to the house and, uh, you know, hopefully convert a long-time customer. It's the personal touch. I mean, that's yeah. really how yep. you're approaching it is from the personal aspect. Yep. Congratulations. <laughs> And I think, Paul, you, you're hitting the nail right on the head, right? I think, you know, the in-store tastings is, is probably the way to go. Um, I'm not the kind of guy that can sit here and tell you, oh, it has, you know, hints of, you know, citrus flavor. And, and vanilla and, notes. And vanilla. And, and oh, if I drink <laughs> something and I like it, I know what I like. And so for me yeah. to go into a store and look at something and say, oh, that, that looks good, but I don't know, and I'm not going to spend the money on it because I've never tried it. So if I can try it, you know, even just a small sip, then, you know, I'm much more likely to buy it. And let's be honest, you know, for any of us that have gone to Costco when they did mm -hmm. tastings, we've all bought a lot of shit yeah. that we got home yeah. and we're like, why did we buy this? <laughs> um, so, you know, I think, I think that's a really good way to go. Hopefully it works out really well. We are, we are hoping for it. It's, uh, it's definitely been the most successful marketing we've done in the past. 
So we're working on, uh, like I said, ramping it up in overdrive and getting be getting beyond that, you know, two to three tasters out there and two or three brand ambassadors. The uh, the plan is over the next six months is to bring in 30 new brand ambassadors and uh, truly kick the doors down and push it into overdrive. So out of curiosity, I know you mentioned bourbon. You have to have it in a barrel for two years. And of course, my dogs are going to start barking. Have you actually barreled anything and just set it aside and go, you know what, in two years, we're going to crack this open, see how it tastes. You know, have you done that or are you simply, are you not even worrying about that right now? Uh, that is actually on the plan. Uh, we're going to be doing a bourbon. The, uh, the first one we'll be doing is going to be a fundraiser uh, for my alma mater down at Pembroke. And so we'll, barrel up, you know, probably four or five barrels and then do a fundraiser bottle for those guys uh, just to kind of get into the grip and get into moving it and figuring it out. But we're going to do that after we move our distillery. Uh, we're currently in 2,000 square feet. That was huge when we rented it. And uh, you've outgrown it. It ain't huge. No. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm, I'm going to ask this question then because, you know, I actually – you know, had, had seen the information and everything pre-COVID and was wanting to come out and visit. So I, I know where your distillery currently is um, there at yeah. Indian Trail. Where are you guys looking to move? Uh, hopefully the other side of Indian Trail. Okay. Um, Indian Trail as a town has been just ridiculously Hugely growing too. Yeah. yeah, well, they're growing too, but it's like everybody from the mayor on down, I mean, has been extremely helpful, oh, nice. uh, supportive, and just really cool. So it's, I don't want to move. Um, I got to leave the building because it's tiny and we've got a, <laughs> uh, we've got a, we got a gym right next to us and they're doing good. And we've got a construction company on the other side and they're doing good. Uh, so there's really no way to, you know, move into those spots. And uh, so hopefully we'll get uh, get a new spot that'll uh, let us get a double or triple our size. Hopefully it'll be an Indian trail. Yeah, I mean, I would love the opportunity. I mean, I come up and visit Mac on a regular basis, COVID notwithstanding. I would love to be able to come up and, you know, just see your facility. Do you, I'm assuming you do tours of your distillery? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. We've, uh, we haven't stopped uh, the whole COVID time, but what did stop is people, you know, wanting to risk it and uh, right. come on out. It's picked up a lot now. Uh, it's in the last couple, three weeks, we've seen a lot more folks coming in for tours and, uh, and doing all that good stuff. So it's, you know, it's been picking back up, which is a really nice thing. You know, that's, that's where we're at. I know, um, you know, one of the, uh, one of the benefits of course is the history of, of, you know, bourbon and whiskey and the bourbon trail and all that between Kentucky uh, and Tennessee. Yep. Do, you, do you see anything? And I, I think this is what you'd like to see. Do you see that developing anywhere else to where, you know, you like, I mean, what comes to mind is Asheville, you know, because of how many breweries popped up there. I mean, you know, Thor can speak to in the Tampa St. Pete area. I think there are 40 to 50 breweries there. So it's, it's a thing. You want to go to experience yep. multiple ones. Uh, do, you, do you see that happening in North Carolina? I hope so. Yeah, I definitely hope so. We're going to need a you know, bit higher concentration of us. You've got uh, you know, Southern up in uh, Statesville. They've got probably the biggest and nicest uh, distillery I've seen in North Carolina. 
it's just an awe-inspiring thing. Uh, but you've got guys like us. We're on the smaller side. I used to think we were the smallest. Apparently, Dragon, uh, they do a moonshine in Charlotte. Uh, they're particularly small. They're smaller than us, and I, I couldn't believe that. But uh, it's told, it's true. Um, <laughs> then uh, Seven Jars, they're picking in. Uh, you've probably seen their ads if you're around the area. Uh, they've taken out a couple of billboards, uh, Seven Jars Distilling. Seven Jars Distilling. I haven't seen – of course, like I said, unfortunately, you know, we, we haven't gone out much. Um, but but I, I'm, I'm typing in and saving all of this information you give us because you, you, you know, especially for those of us local in the area, you've, you've provided a lot of great information and, and places that I want to try. You got um, new liquor to drink. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, right? More Reaper. So I can get a chuckle I, out of it. I, I'm out of Reaper. So I'm gonna have to go get some more at the ABC store now. <laughs> what the hell, man? Mac, you are all that is man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've always idolized you on some level. If I if you idolize me, you really need to rethink your life. I need to step up my game. You're right. You're right. Well, when you uh, when you come to the distillery, I'll show you a video of one of the guys. One of the we took it for a test drive at at Pembroke uh, for homecoming last year <laughs> before we we got things fully into in the run. It was interesting. This one guy, Benny. Everybody likes to look at him and think, oh, if he can do it, I can do it. Benny is First mistake. superhuman when it comes to drinking Reaper. Right. And Benny put the bottle up and chugged it. And uh, so everybody else is like, oh, I can do that too. And it's like, I don't think you guys understand what this is. And so I'm watching it. And one of the guys, Brian, right after him, put it up to his lips, started to chug it, realized it was a mistake, <laughs> held the bottle up and blocked it so there were no <laughs> bubbles coming up anymore. And uh, he's looking around like something just smacked him in the teeth. Uh, he, his forehead's dry at the beginning, and by the end of that 20-second video, he's beaten up and dying. And uh, it just got a hold of him, and it's just, it, you know, some I, folks handle it like I do. Some people handle it like men, like uh, like Denny. And, uh, you know, like men. Well, we were we were I, just uh, just prior to hopping on here, we were we were joking about the whole uh, the Pacquiao chip challenge that it comes in the little coffin (laughs) i I think need to start like it get somebody you know on uh youtube tiktok whatever the heck is popular nowadays (laughs) can can you take it can you take the reaper challenge the reaper Reaper challenge challenge and just get a little underground going because i i mean i i don't know that i'm aware of any other liquor that has a spice like that where Like you have to, you have to kind of man up or woman up as it turns out. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm still warm in my tummy. It'll, so, uh, it's going to keep you warm on a cold night. Let's be honest. Right. So Paul, do you make a full size bottle oh. version of the Reaper or is it only the little ones? Whoa, whoa, oh, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I am no. not uh, drinking no, no. a bottle of the Reaper. If that's where we're going with this, I'm not doing that challenge. We might be, we might be going there. Uh, I'm sorry. So, so Paul, do you make a full size bottle of that? Oh yeah, we've got a okay. 750 in both original and Reaper, okay. um, and each one of them are shipped out with a 50 ml of the opposite. So when you buy the Reaper, you get a sample of the original, and vice versa. Okay. So if I show up at your distillery, I can actually buy, well, unlimited. You said, but I can buy a bottle yep. of each. Okay. Yep. Fantastic. Oh yeah. Do Absolutely. you have plans to do any, I mean, I know you see some of these where they're like, oh, special reserve and 
you know, small batch. Do you have any plans to uh, do any, anything else outside of the normal and the Reaper or right now you're just sticking with those? Right now we're sticking with those. We've got, we've got plans in the works for quite a bit of, of different, uh, different things to work with, but, uh, we've got to get these two, you know, up and rolling and, and doing their thing. And then we'll work on, uh, expanding, you know, there's, there's been, uh, quite a bit of other stuff out there. Um, you know, lots of play and plans on the shelf, but, uh, until we actually get, you know, get it right, we're going to have to, uh, going to have to focus on getting our, uh, own our backyard first. And then, uh, then we'll start moving out again. Completely makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's one of those things where you're like, how do we approach it? For you, obviously, it's like you said, owning your backyard, making sure that that's where you're kind of rooted and ingrained uh, and making an impact there. And then if distribution kind of aligns, great. But you don't want to fall by the wayside and disappear because you try to expand too quickly. Still trying to catch my breath a little bit. Oh, dab. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess some of the questions I have, Paul, actually kind of deviate from your personal brand. Just kind of like, what, what were there particular whiskeys or bourbons that influenced or, you know, really, I, I, yeah, influenced your whiskey? Broke uh, your I mean, choices, yeah. Do, yeah, do, do you have a personal favorite or, or two or uh, of whiskey that you like to consume outside of goat? Uh, of course, nothing outside of goat but if i did um hypothetically bullet, speaking <laughs> hypothetically speaking uh bullet has has always been like a a nice one for me that i like um and I've, i'm kind of connected to it i've got a friend of mine from law school who uh is a fraternity brother with one of the uh, the family members that owns bullet and uh so i've kind of got started on it with him talking to him and so that's kind of been a favorite and then George Dickel's always had a special place in my heart ever since. Uh, I know I, Dickel Grandpa well. I had a little 45 RPM uh, record of the George Dickel song. I, I, I had that since I was in kindergarten. So it, uh, George Dickel's always been around. Okay, wait. I got to back up a second because you I, said something. I think. Oh, did, go ahead. did you just say you were in law school? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. But I'm not one of them. No, but but we actually have a gentleman stop the bar. Okay, we have a gentleman on this show who works in the law field. So I was interested when you said <laughs> somebody from law school. I'm like, oh, holy shit, this dude. He's Just want to clarify, not law enforcement. Not right. <laughs> no, 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 not law enforcement at but, but all. But I like donuts. Uh, Doesn't that count? Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> No, I just think that, you know, and Thor, I think where where I was going to go with that, I just think that's kind of an interesting to to go from, you know, law school to to running your own distillery. Distillery. Seems like almost a complete, probably even more than a 180. Yeah. Um, You know. That's like a 270. Yeah. Was it just your love of whiskey and wanting to try something different that made you change paths or? No, it, uh, I went to the uh, highly prestigious, School of Law, the Charlotte School of Law Entire Care. <laughs> and uh, thing? anybody anybody in the uh, the legal field will know exactly how uh, wonderful and easy it is to get a uh, a solid position as a lawyer uh, with that on your resume. Um, makes it an easy choice to stay in the uh, the real estate field and continue doing appraisals <laughs> to pay for the day job and. Uh, 
it uh yeah it I enjoyed law school. I had some really good professors. Uh, actually, when I took the bar, it was interesting. I quit studying for the last month and change leading up to it because I just totally wigged out trying to go through the Barbary process where they map out every minute of your life studying and uh, couldn't get my heart to stop when the doctor said, okay, you haven't had a heart attack, but you need to stop whatever is stressing you. Oh, my God. I just said, F it, and uh, I quit. I was like, I'm done. And then when I went to take the bar, it was easy because I'd already truly accepted the fact that I had failed, but I had to pay the bastards the thousand bucks to apply to take the bar and they weren't <laughs> going to give it back to me. So I'm like, I don't care if I it. just have to sit here and type, you will, you know, Mary had a little lamb. You're going to grade this damn exam. That's, That's what right. I'm going to type and they're going to read. <clears throat> um, but I was able to recall everything because I wasn't stressed at all. Um, honestly, I think the whole point of that environment around that test is stress. And uh, it's like, you know, I don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> I just, it's not my thing. <laughs> Did so, you pass the bar? I got to ask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. First time. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> it was easy. <laughs> I, I like, left it. Wow, that was an easy huh? test. Yes. I thought it was an easy test, but I was like, well, maybe it's like a really sharp blade. I'm bleeding out and cut so deep I don't even know it yet. You know. Now but, that you're uh, running this, now you're running the distillery. You're like, fuck! I should have gone into law. <laughs> no, no. Oh my god! I've got lawyers to do the uh, the paperwork for us. I, it's man, I'm telling you, it's. Uh, I understand as a guy who's been through law school and done that. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be anywhere on that side of the paperwork. It's, I'm going to make uh, my whiskey and be happy. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, you know, it's, uh, you want to have, you want to have quality of life and being a lawyer ain't going to give it. Oh, I completely understand that. I mean, I, I worked in the law field for a little while and I saw lawyers coming in at six in the morning and staying till 11 o'clock at night. And it's like, that's no life. No, thank you. No. So, no, it's billable hours. Yeah, I'll true. tell you that. Just billable yeah, hours. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, give me 15 minutes at a time. I, you know, I was, I was working with a, uh, with a lawyer doing kind of an internship when I was still in school, and it was family law. And I'm telling you, I, I ran into the lady, and these people are doing mediation, so they're paying us $350 an hour, paying the other guy $350 an hour, paying the mediator another 100 bucks an hour, and they spent an hour and a half arguing over this blue lamp from Walmart and it's like <laughs> just give me 50 bucks I'll go to your house I'll break the lamp and we'll move on That's you it. know it was like you've got to be kidding me but it's you know oh man I'm telling you it uh, family law is the best people on their worst behavior and uh, criminal law is the worst people on their best behavior, best behavior. and a friend of mine is a prosecutor in Cumberland County down in Fayetteville and uh he put it to me this way. He said, you know what? I will deal with criminals every day. Give me a crack dealer or a heroin dealer much better to deal with than, uh, than anybody in family law. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, Paul, I think you chose the right profession and I super appreciate you being willing to be on the show. It has been a joy to talk to you, to learn about the history, the present situation and the future of goat whiskey <laughs> And even though I cannot currently get the whiskey, I absolutely will make a trip up to North Carolina. I would love to yeah, come. I, I'm stoked. Yes. I'm, I'm stoked to find my way to a bottle of it, Paul. I, I thank you for joining us. I, it's amazing what you're doing, your journey. Yes. And we're, we're, we're excited to promote your brand and to try it. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it, man. I really appreciate you guys having me on. 
And, and you know what, at the end of the day, I would love to have you on again, if you're kind of amenable to the, you know, to that down the road and just see where you guys are at. Uh, and I will absolutely make a trip to Charlotte, come by your distillery. I'd love to meet you and just see what you're doing and buy a few cases of the Reaper. And so I can come home and sweat. <laughs> play, uh, play goat checkers. Um, I'll have a set waiting that. for you. Oh, yes, I have seen that on Instagram. <laughs> that seems like a phenomenal game with the shot glasses and the checkerboard. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We'll play around. <laughs> you jump the shot, you take the shot. Yes. Oh, that's like better that than uh, what's it was uh, beer pong. That's beer like pong. a yeah. up from yeah. beer pong. Oh right yeah. There. Just so, set me up with the yeah. reaper, and the other guy yeah. doesn't know. That's it. Yeah. Beer pong you is for silly little, college kids. Go checkers yeah. is for yeah. men. Yeah. yeah right. If I know it's got the reaper, yeah. in, and I'm avoiding yeah. checkers. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Can I go backwards? Yeah. <laughs> we recommend playing with a team. That's it. Well, Paul, thank you for your time. Super appreciate you being here. And I, I will reach out to you after this and just, you know, make sure that, you know, I would love to have you back on down the road just to see where things are going for you guys. Uh, I hope everything works out and that you are eventually, uh, I would love to have access to you here in Florida if you can make that happen. We are definitely going to be giving it everything we can that uh, Florida is on the list. Fantastic. All right, sir. Will you go enjoy your day? And I appreciate your time. Yeah. Have a safe trip, Paul. Sure will. All right. Thank Thanks you. a lot, man. Look forward to seeing you. Have a good right. one. Thank you. Bye. All right, bye. As we wrap things up here, we invite all of our listeners to join in the debate by hitting up our website at aspirateddebate.com for all the latest news, drink recipes, and more. Feel free to follow us on Instagram, social media, at a spirited debate or on Twitter at spirited debates. As always, please feel free to drop us a line at spirateddebates at gmail.com. You can send in topics you'd like us to debate, drink recipes you'd like us to try or just give us some general feedback to help us make the show better. And please, please do not forget to smash that follow button. Download our new debates each and every week. Until next time, yeah. from all of us here at A Spirited Debate, we'd like to say... Prost! Empire. Salute to... Why? Cheers, gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs>